Rise and shine kids and let's get active. Today we'll be talking about physical education and sports. We use the terms physical education and sports a lot. What exactly do they mean and how are they related to each other? What is physical education? Physical education may mean different things to different people, but most people will think of it as their PE lessons at school. However, if you are studying for your exam, you will know it can mean a lot more. To define it, we need to say that physical education is an educational process that aims to improve human development and performance through physical activity. It tends to take place at school through formal lessons, but it also includes informal activities such as play. Schools offer children a program of activities with the intention that they will learn physical skills, improve and maintain fitness, learn positive values such as sportsmanship and fair play, improve confidence and self-esteem, see the benefits of a healthy lifestyle, enjoy themselves and continue physical activity into their adult life, learn teamwork and leadership skills, learn discipline and an appreciation of rules. This is not an easy task, but it is a very important one as it will have an impact on the rest of your life and not all school subjects will do that. What is sport? Ask people what sport is and you could get quite a debate going. Some people will say it is competitive and strenuous. Others will say it doesn't have to be. What do you think? A good way to define it would be to say that sport is structured physical activity, usually competitive, that requires complex skills and a high level of individual commitment and motivation. Let's look at what this means. Structured physical activity. Structured means it is organized. All sports have governing bodies that set down the rules and arrange events. It also requires us to be physical to some extent. Some activities require lots of exertion, such as netball or swimming. With others, like pool, the physical exertion is still required, but it isn't quite so obvious and it can be mentally exhausting. Competitive. All sports have a competitive element to them. You may be competing against yourself to improve on your last performance or you might be about to run in an Olympic final. Either way, it can motivate you to perform at your best, although not everyone sees it this way. Requires complex skills. Think about a sport you take part in and you will know the difficult skills you have to learn to be a good performer. Basic skills are needed first, but you then use them to learn more complex ones. For example, once you can run, you can then learn to run and dribble a ball, and then to judge an opponent in basketball while running and dribbling a ball. High level of individual commitment and motivation. Top athletes like Shelly and Fraser Price don't get to top of their sport by training once a month. They have to train for long hours over many years and often have to make sacrifices. There are, of course, rewards such as winning, a sense of achievement, prize money, or even wages that make all the hard work worthwhile. The relationship between physical education and sport. There is no doubt that physical education and sport are linked and in schools, we will have the opportunity to experience both. Your school will arrange competitions for you in lessons or as extracurricular activities and you can usually join clubs where you can pursue an activity to a higher level. 
Both PE and sports are concerned with physical performance and through them, you will have health benefits, be given a challenge or competition, have the opportunity to push yourself physically and learn about yourself while doing it. However, there are also differences that set the two apart. Physical education is about the development of the individual, whereas sports is about the development of excellence. Sports is often about winning and success, while P is concerned with preparation for leisure and a healthy lifestyle. If you are successful at P and sports, you may want to consider a career in it. You could become a professional athlete, which could earn you a lot of money. However, there are lots of other options you could pursue. You could think of becoming a coach or physiotherapist. You could work in a sports center or become a personal trainer. Why not research other jobs and see if any of this are interesting to you? Now, before we end today's podcast, here's a little activity for you to do. Look at your own PE experience. Describe how it has changed as you have grown up. Think about your sports participation. Relate your experiences to the definition of sports. I want to thank you all for listening to today's podcast. I hope you had a fantastic time and hopefully you learned something new. Once again, I'm Shazi and I will see you in my next segment. Bye everyone. Rise and shine kids and let's get at it again. Today's topic is inside a sport. To run local, national and international events, a sport has to be well organized. Each sport has governing bodies at many levels. For example, in cricket, the international governing body is the International Cricket Council, ICC. It is the job of the governing bodies to draw up the rules of the sport and prevent the abuse, organize competitions, select teams at a national level for international competitions, settle disputes within the sport, manage and coach referees and umpires, help to develop facilities, maintain links with and between similar organizations around the world. Within each sport, there is a hierarchical relationship with other organizations at local, national and international levels. Some tend to concentrate on the end goal, such as achieving success, whereas others will focus on promoting the sport at grassroots level. Funding and rules are important aspects that they will also need to arrange. As a player, you would start off as a novice or amateur, playing for your school or local club. The more successful you become, the more you will move up until maybe one day you are playing as a professional and or at an international level. Organizations will help you to pursue your sporting ambitions by helping you with funding, coaching expertise, resources, or access to facilities. This in turn may enable you to spend more time on your sports and help you reach the top. Lots of Caribbean countries excel at international sport with many producing unusually high numbers of successful athletes for their population sizes. Caribbean nations produce so many world-class athletes because they have several organizations that encourage the development of sports at schools. For example, Jamaica has a population of less than 3 million people but has won 67 Olympic medals since 1948. 66 of them are for athletics and the majority for sprinting. So why are they so good and what organizations are helping them? You don't need top quality equipment and facilities to run fast. 
Even the smallest schools can arrange sprint races. Other sports or events need equipment that some schools don't have. Track and field, football, netball, and cricket are the major sports in Jamaica, so schools concentrate on these. In school, younger children are not allowed to run in races over 200 meters, so they don't dream of becoming long-distance runners. Because of their achievements, Jamaicans now have many role models and so track and field success is seen as a way of making lots of money. Kingston has become a center of excellence for sprinting and hurdling. Top athletes in turn become coaches and help train the next generation. These are only a few of the factors that help to explain Jamaica's success. There can be little doubt that they are small but incredibly strong. Before we end today's podcast, here are two questions that you should answer. For sports, what is the name of the world's governing body and your country's governing body? And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Once again, I am Sherzy and I will see you guys in my next segment. Bye everyone. Good afternoon, kids. Get up off your feet and let's get active. Today's topic is the history of PE and sport. Looking at history helps us to learn about our world today. History is not just about the past. As long as humans have walked the earth, they have been involved in sporting activity. But that doesn't mean they were playing cricket. Sports as we know them have developed throughout history and some sports that our ancestors played have completely died out. During the Stone Age, sporting activity was not about fun, but competing for survival, fighting for dominance and hunting for food. However, as human civilization has developed, the purpose of sporting activity has changed. Sport has been used to prepare armies for battle, appease gods, give health benefits to the masses as a rite of passage into adulthood and as a form of social control. Leisure and fun have been important too. Ancient Greece The ancient Greeks were lovers of sport and taught it to their children at school. What children learned depended upon where they lived. But the main activities were wrestling, running, jumping, discus, and javelin, as well as military skills, ball games, and riding. They were taught in a palestra or gymnasium, a word we still use today. Sporting competitions took place regularly as part of the religious festivals, and as well as the sporting events, sacrifices would be made to the gods. Ancient Rome Roman sports were very much influenced by the ancient Greeks, but they added their own emphasis. Military preparation was important, but so was the idea of a spectacle in which violence played a big part. Sports included chariot racing, animal hunts, wrestling, running, boxing, pentathlon, which consisted of running, jumping, discus, spear throwing, and wrestling, and pancratium, which was a combination of wrestling, boxing, and martial arts. Competitors in these events were called athletes, and they effectively became professional athletes, training full-time in order to compete and win prizes. They became celebrities in Roman society and enjoyed many privileges. 
The Roman games were big occasions, usually paid for by the emperor, making them popular with the people. They often included animals from around the world and gladiatorial fights. Gladiators were normally slaves or prisoners. Their fights were extremely violent and sometimes resulted in the death of the loser. This acted as a form of social control, making the ruler very popular for providing such entertainment and acting as a reminder to the people of what could happen if they broke the law. Now that's very frightening, isn't it? Sport and physical education in Renaissance times. The Renaissance usually refers to the period 1300 to 1600 AD. It was a time of much religious change and political conflicts around the world. There was also an increase in wealth and interest in the arts and sciences. In Europe, the sports you took part in depended very much on your social class. Royalty and the aristocracy hunted, played cricket, held regattas, went horse racing and fenced. Tournaments where jousting was a main activity were still popular and the new game of golf was seen as a sport for kings. The peasant class however played rough mob games, fought in the prize ring to win money, practiced archery and went fishing for food. Animal sports such as bear baiting and cockfighting were big spectator sports and people gambled on the results. Festivals were held to mark important events like the harvest, and holy days were singled out by the church as days for feasting and fun. Mob games could be extremely violent and people even died. Maybe not our idea of fun. Some of these traditional events still take place today. Examples are the Calcio Fiorentino football game in Florence, Italy every June and the cheese rolling event in Gloucestershire, England each spring. Some questions that you should answer are what was the purpose of sport during the Stone Age and what sports did the ancient Greeks and Romans practice? We will be discussing this in our next podcast and I will see you all there. Bye everyone! Good afternoon boys and girls, it is time to get up off your feet and get active. Today's topic is the rise of PE and sports in England. Very few modern sports have been invented by a single person. One exception is basketball which was invented by Dr. Naismith in 1891. Most sports have developed over a long period of time and the same can be said for physical education. The effects of the industrial revolution. The Industrial Revolution in England was a time of great upheaval. Farming changed. Small farms were taken over by rich landowners and the introduction and use of machines meant that fewer men were needed to work in the fields. At the same time, manufacturing industries developed and grew rapidly and needed a bigger workforce. People from rural areas moved to the new towns and cities to seek employment in these industries and this had a direct impact on sports. There was not enough room in the bigger industrialized towns to play the sports that they knew from their villages. Also, working for 72 hours each week in the new jobs didn't leave them with much time to play sports or even any energy. This new breed of laborers became watchers of sports rather than participators. 
one fact that led to the development of sports on a competitive level and made watching sports more popular was the rise of the railways which allowed people to travel around the country easily the development of pe and sport in english schools in 19th century england education was changing industrialization brought about a new social class called the middle class were the newly rich that were making their money from industry. They looked up to the upper class and tried to copy their behavior. For example, they sent their sons to public boarding schools and this had a massive impact on the development of PE and sport. In their free time at the boarding schools, the boys wanted to play. However, there was a problem. The boys came from villages all around the country and they brought with them the rural version of the games they had played. New rules had to be developed. Sports such as football, cricket, athletics and racket games were organized by the boys in their spare time. Forward-thinking head teachers saw the values the boys learned from these games and encouraged them and this led to the beginning of physical education. In 1864, a government report, the Clarendon Commission, noted the educational value of team games on the character of the boys. Through sport, they learned sportsmanship, leadership, and a willingness to abide by the rules. This report confirmed the value of PE and sport in schools, and from these beginnings, it grew and grew. The next stage. On leaving school, Many of the boys went to university and once again they took the games with them. However, they all knew different rules and so the universities became a melting pot. For the school games and a new set of standardized rules emerged. The games they played were now more like the games we play today. The young men leaving these universities were the chief agents in the spread of these games throughout the British Empire and indeed across the world because they became very influential as school teachers, clergymen, industrialists, politicians, military officers, and diplomats. In 1870, the Foster Education Act was passed which created a state system of education in Britain and PE was included in the curriculum. The number and type of schools increased and now included more girls' schools. Sports facilities increased across the country and as the world entered the 20th century, sports and PE had become a firm fixture. Here are some careers and their influence that you could become if you are interested in physical education. A teacher. A teacher goes back into school and promotes PE and sport. A clergyman promoted PE and sports in their parish. Industrialists encouraged games in their workforce. Politician passed acts to PE and allowed the building of new facilities in towns. Military introduced sports to the troops. Diplomat took PE and sports around the British Empire, including the Caribbean. Here's a question for the day. Which new social class emerged as a result of the Industrial Revolution? 
Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. I hope you had a fantastic time. Once again, my name is Shezi and I'll see you guys in my next podcast. Bye everyone. Good morning, boys and girls. It is time to get up off your feet and let's get active. Today's topic is PE and sports in the 20th century. Early influences. PE and sports have continued to develop around the world. War has sadly been an important factor in shaping physical education in schools, and as method of fighting changed, so did the preparation of the next generation of soldiers. At the beginning of the 20th century, school children in England were taught military drill, but as trench warfare developed into commander warfare during the Second World War, PE also changed to allow more independent thought and movement through gymnastics and games. As a result of British colonial rule, these developments were mirrored in the Caribbean. A lack of facilities and equipment here probably helped to encourage participation in athletics where less equipment is needed. Societies and governments began to see how sport could be used in a variety of ways. It could help to keep a population fit and healthy, but it could also be used to show one country's dominance over another without the need for war. International competitions like the Olympic Games were one way to show off to the world what the country was great at. But first, you had to prepare a team that was capable of winning. The Cold War The Cold War is a term used to describe the post-1940s political tension between Western and Eastern Bloc political systems. It largely involved the USA and the former Soviet Union, USSR, in a battle between capitalism and communism. The Suez Crisis, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the Vietnam War were all conflicts that occurred during this time, but another conflict took place in the sports arena. The communist government of the USSR wanted to prove that their political system was superior to that of the West and so they trained their sports teams to win. They did not emerge onto the international competitive scene until they were confident that they could do so, and so it was not until 1952 that they entered the Olympic Games. Of the nine summer games that they entered, they finished top of the medal table in seven, a very impressive statistic that was equaled by their winter Olympic performance. Winning was also an important factor of American society and huge amounts of money was spent trying to win international events. Human rights. Human rights are the basic entitlements that all people should have across the world. However, in some countries, people are denied these rights and this has given rise to political struggles, sometimes using sports as a medium. Apartheid in South America, where people were segregated according to their race, was one such issue. Mixed teams were not allowed and ruling white races was favored, and this was reflected in sport. As a result of this policy, countries around the world boycotted South Africa, particularly in sport. When China was awarded the 2008 Olympic Games, many people hoped that their human rights record would improve because of pressure from the rest of the world. Issues such as torture, freedom of speech, and freedom of the internet 
were just some of the causes of concerns to human rights groups. Many people believe that the situation in China is sadly no better than it was before the Games were awarded in 2001. Sports in the Caribbean The Caribbean has a very strong tradition in sports at local, regional and international levels. Sports has brought many benefits to the Caribbean and its people. As well as the benefits to health and well-being, sports has also become a major economic activity in the region, generating income for many individuals and participants or officials, but also as managers, trainers, coaches, nutritionists, doctors, administrators, groundsmen, physiologists, physiotherapists, and transport providers. Can you think of any others? Promoted Caribbean identity, pride, nationalism, moral and esteem, achieved regional integration through regional competitions such as the Carifta Games, played a big part in the marketing of the region as a tourist destination, hosting international sporting events can act as an advertisement for what the Caribbean has to offer and this in turn leads to further economic activity through tourism. That brings us to the end of today's topic but before I go here's a question that you should answer. How does PE today compare with PE at the beginning of the 20th century? Once again, I am Shazy and I'll see you guys in my next segment. Bye everyone!